Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, July 24th, opening day for the Padres has indeed arrived, everybody. My name that you're hearing right now, that voice you're hearing for this opening day is that of Mr. Javier Reyes, the host of this podcast, right? You check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres. You know this already. You guys know this already. You know my personal account is at Javipeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And you know, you know, you know, you know that you can hit me up on any of those accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have. And I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. Today's opening day episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. Guys, it's exciting times. I don't know what to say, man. This is great. And to celebrate the occasion, I decided to have a chat with my old buddy Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks. And we talked all things Padres. He basically led the charge on this one. Kind of just asked me a bunch of questions. There are a lot of questions heading into the season. And about this series that we're looking forward to. And the kind of the duel between Mr. Paddock and Mr. Bumgarner that's going to be happening tonight. Really can't wait for it. I'm genuinely like... It's it's really exciting, guys. Like, I don't know any other way to put it. I don't think I could put it into words. I could have put it into writing. I can't even say it properly right now. It's just really awesome times. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy this this chat I had with Millard. We get deep on baseball, as usual, because after all, this is a Padres podcast. But still, there is enough craziness that you've come to expect from me. So without further ado, let us begin. All right, got Javi Peno of the Lock on Padres here. And <laughs> Javi, I want to ask you, you know, what are your expectations for the Padres this season? And what kind of role do you think 60 games will play in it? Because honestly, 60 games or not, I didn't think the Padres were going to do much this season looking around the diamond. Whoa, I, like, okay. I, like, I like Tatis. <laughs> I like Machado. You know, I like Tommy Pham, but the, I'm not sure with their pitching, their rotation. Uh-huh. Herbie Yates is good in the bullpen, but I still feel there's a Jackson Profar at second. You know, Will Myers. Uh, there, there's too many guys that I'm not really sold on. So what are your expectations for this for this Padres team this season. What do you think, how do you think 60 games will play into that? Well, my expectations in a lot of ways, I think I've talked about this a lot. It's just kind of, I feel like the team has basically got better in every aspect. The only thing they've probably gotten worse in is just their, their outfield, just because they, they lost Renfro uh, in the Tommy Pham trade, which, you know, got you Tommy Pham, I guess, but you lost some, some more depth there. A lot of their prospects aren't ready. They trade Emmanuel Margot for Emilio Pagan, which, Helps bolster the bullpen, but it's there's some questions in the outfield, I'd say, especially at center, since Grisham or Fam aren't like true center fielders. But aside from that, you know, second year of Tatis, second year of Machado, you got Tommy Fam now. Um, you've got uh, Trent Grisham, who I think is is really underrated. And shout out to him. I hope he uh, really does well for me. I drafted him in fantasy. Um, mm. And just the bullpen is secretly one of the best in baseball. And in a lot of ways, I think that the starting rotation. It's not great, great, but it's not as much of a liability as it was last year where Cal Quantrill's coming in and struggling, and there's just not, like, a concrete rotation in a lot of ways. And this year, you know, they're running in with Paddock, Denelson Lamette, Joey Lucchese, Zach Davies, Garrett Richards, who I know the last three of those names aren't exactly uh, super – they don't instill a lot of confidence. But, you know, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Garrett Richards who – when he was in L.A. for the Angels, 
he was really good when he was healthy. So if that's your fourth starter, it's not too bad. And Zach Davies, you know, he's got that Mark Burley thing going on where he doesn't strike out literally anybody. But as your fifth starter, it's not bad. So I just think that at least on the surface, on paper, their rotation at least uh, there is some upside, I guess you could say. And Paddock is going to be awesome because he is the sheriff. And I'm really excited to see kind of how the team plays, especially given that um, it's a 60-game season. And I think that with the exception of just a few teams, uh, I think everyone really is in contention. Yeah, I definitely see that. 60 games, I think, is going to be pretty interesting this year. I think for a team like the Padres, it could maybe make them struggle a little bit just because Mm -hmm. I think the importance of every game is going to be raised, the pressure is going to be raised, and then the Padres are just a little young, a little experienced. So do you see the 60 games possibly playing a a negative effect on the Padres, or do you think since they're so young, maybe they take these 60 games and just run away with it? Well, it's interesting because, you know, and this got brought up recently to me where, hey, the Nationals started off 1931 last year. So there's a lot of good teams that we're all expecting to be good, but it's not inconceivable that the Padres were were okay in the first half of last year. They kind of fell off, especially after the the Framiel Reyes trade, which I think was defensible. He's a good offensive player, I guess, but his defense was really bad. So I understand why they did that, even if he is a fellow Reyes, I guess, but uh, I, I think that it's not like, would it surprise you if the D backs are like, you know, five and 10? No, right? So I just think that in a lot of ways, there's too many teams that even if they like, if they start off slow, right? Mm-hmm. I can see them being like, all right, you know what? We're going to maybe throw in Mackenzie Gore and we're just going to start experimenting. They might like kind of punt on the season as a, to- as a whole because they're like, all right, too much of a ditch to climb out of, right? But if sure. they start off really good, then they're like, they 21 and I don't know, 10, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Then, sure, why the heck not? The Dodgers have had some years where they've started off a little bit slow. I know that they finished strong, but that's the key. There are plenty of good teams in the league that start off slow, and there are plenty of bad teams in the league that start off good. Look at the Mariners last year. The Mariners were like 10 and 0 at the beginning of the season, you know? So I don't know if there's really any team with like the, some exceptions before, like maybe like Baltimore and Miami and. Pittsburgh are like the only couple teams. Maybe there's one more in there that I'm forgetting. Um, the Tigers, I'd say, are like the only ones that I really think they would genuinely shock me if they start out well. But I don't know, man. Why not? You know, they've, they've had their bows. They could just get on a hot streak and just keep going from there. Yeah. Do you think you will put an asterisk on the season depending on who wins <laughs> the World Series then? Because like you said, if we look at the standings after last yeah. season, after 60 uh-huh. games, there are teams who are not even in the playoffs after 60 games. And then like you said, the Nationals, they weren't in the playoffs after 60 games. I think Bellinger is batting like 390 after 60 games. So 60 <laughs> yeah. games is like the short sample size to what we normally see in baseball. So well, are you putting an asterisk depends on, depending on who wins the World Series or it's legit for you no matter what? So I think what's what's fascinating. First of all, if the Padres were the World Series, no, there's no asterisk of any kind. Okay. Uh, we could delete all the footage. I don't care. It's perfect. It's great. It's fantastic. I think that the only team. So I think this is what I was going to ask you. Is just kind of a basic like, what team winning the World Series would get people the most mad? And I think the obvious answer is the Astros, right? So I think there's an asterisk, but I don't think. I think there's still fun potential of people to be like, well, we won the only ever season that was 60 games and completely ridiculous, right? So there's mm-hmm. kind of a strange, odd bragging rights to that. I feel like a team that would make more sense just based on their franchise history winning the World Series and for their one World Series win to be 
like kind of be this weird one. It would be someone like Seattle. It would be someone like the Mets, um, even the Angels to a degree, like if they finally won with Mike Trout. Uh, but it's like this shortened season. I think there's some fun teams that could win it. Um, I, I don't know, man, because it's still hard. You know, it's still there's still a lot that you have to go through. And for you to kind of keep it together uh, would be pretty nuts. But I do I do worry that there's going to be a lot of uh, assuming, of course, the full season is played. I do worry that we get a thing where the team that ends up winning is just the people who just had the least amount of players that tested positive, which is possible. But then again, I guess you can make that same argument for teams that win because they just stayed healthy in general, regardless of the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that happens in football a lot too. So, Yeah, um, and that does know. happen with football. But I think this COVID uh, is a little bit bigger X factor than injuries just because of how contagious and how quickly we've seen it spread. Even right. if you're not showing symptoms, so many guys could be asymptomatic. So with that being said, COVID as the X factor, how do you feel about the Padres' depth in their farm system? Because I think that's going to be a, a big role in how teams play this well. The, the guys that you have on your bench, I think are going to make huge contributions. And the teams with the best depth mm-hmm. this year, I think are going to really be set up well for this 60-game season. So how do you feel about the Padres' depth? I think, I think for the depth, I think when it comes to – so they got a great farm system. Obviously. I think everyone agrees on that, right? Like one of the best out there. I think it just it comes down to how they start. I think these first two weeks, maybe two and a half weeks, depending on where they are, if they're really out of it, I think they just start testing people out. I think they start experimenting with their lineup, with the exception of a couple guys just because they're getting paid a lot. Like I think Myers and Hosmer and Machado, they're probably going to always play those guys. But I can see them maybe – maybe resting guys, you know, this could be like a, an NBA situation, <laughs> load management, maybe who knows. Right. Like I think there's so much uh, unprecedented value to the season. And I think maybe they say, ah, screw it. Let's, let's try CJ Abrams who I don't think they should try him. There's some guys that I don't think should necessarily, you should be moving him around and stuff, but I could see them doing it. I think that's just, I know I've said that a lot already on the podcast, but I could just see so many different outcomes with how they experiment with the lineups. You know what I mean? And I think that, when it comes to depth, I think the Padres have depth, but I don't think the depth is there yet, if that makes any sense. I think the depth comes from their farm system, and okay. not all the guys are ready yet. So when it comes to their major league roster right now, yeah, there's definitely some depth questions. Like if they, you know, I, I mentioned the five starters, but it's not like those guys are all guarantees, with the exception of maybe Paddock. Um, and like I said already, with the outfield concerns. So in terms of current depth, not great, but it's, in a 60 game season, that doesn't, you know, matter as much the farm system. Right. So I think that uh, for the future, they're still set up strong, but in the short term, eh, I could, I could see something not necessarily going their way. Yeah. And the way we, we just don't know how COVID is going to affect the play. Yeah. We don't uh, know affect play this year so honestly we might see those guys in the farm system uh, come up a lot earlier than expected I think the Tigers are putting their number one overall pick Spencer Torkelson from ASU forks up baby I think he's already joining their camp and stuff and in part of their spring training so we might see some you know guys straight out of college already playing in the MLB season this year which could be pretty unprecedented but do you think this shorter season could be a sample run for possibly future seasons maybe cutting back 162 games to like 130 maybe 120 games I think they could cut it back by a little bit I think that's incremental steps I mean remember this is the same league that you know they before instituting the replay rule like it was only for challenging whether or not someone something was a home run like that's what what kind of league baseball is they're, they're a little bit more conservative in how much they change their rules right so I think that if people – it's hard to say, though, 
because if a lot of people start watching baseball, people might just attribute that to, well, there's nothing else on. People are just excited for sports to be back. Or you could look at that and say, hey, if there's like a consistent ratings, maybe if there's more of a consistent relevancy to baseball, more people are talking about it throughout because there's lesser games, maybe they'll start experimenting with being like, I mean, I've always wished, and I know that there's money incentives. I'm not, I'm saying divorced of that. If we could ignore that somehow for a second, right? That man, August is an empty month. And I'm not just talking sports either. I mean, pop culture. I mean, music. There's usually like, there's like one movie that comes out every August, right? And with the exception of this year, which nothing is probably come out this year, right? But yeah, in general, there's, there's not a lot coming out. You know what I mean? Even video games, there's not a lot. So I've always thought, man, everybody hates preseason football because it's really useless in a lot of ways. It's basically just televised practices. Uh, it, it's just putting more people in danger of being hurt, whatever. But people watch it reluctantly because they're, they're so excited for football. Imagine if baseball was like in the final moments, the final bits of the regular season were in August or the playoffs even were in August. It would really, really, I'm telling, I just, I really feel like it would bring more relevancy back to sport instead of most people who are like, all right, just wake me up when we get to the end of September and the playoffs. Right. I think that if it's, if people talk about baseball more, in this 60 game sample, maybe you start to get whispers. You start to get those pieces on Yahoo and, and all these places on Deadspin and, or not Deadspin. Maybe that's not the best uh, name to mention these days, but like SB Nation stuff where they're like, Hey, more of this, please. Where it feels like every game matters a little bit more. Um, and I'm just hoping for that. Yeah. I think that's what baseball is lacking. I think that's a little bit, even what the NBA is lacking while we've seen their ratings go down. I think yeah. that's why football, why people love it. I think that's part of the reason outside of the violence and people hitting. It's 16 games. Every game is important. You, you mm-hmm. lose two games, and all of a sudden your season might be on the line. So I'm not saying MLB or the NBA has moved to 16 games like football, but if you cut the uh, NBA season down to 70, 65 games, cut down the MLB season maybe to 120, all of a sudden you have a little bit more importance on every mm-hmm. game. And also, I don't like it when there's also too many playoff teams. I think the NBA has that problem. I don't like the NFL adding, you know, a couple extra playoff teams. Oh, I right, want it right. to be difficult to make the playoffs. Wow. I don't want it. I forgot to be, about that. Yeah, I don't want it to be something where you know half the league makes it. So if if NBA MLB could cut down their season a little bit more, maybe even cut down. I think MLB is okay with how many uh, teams make the playoffs. But I think if they could cut mm-hmm. down the amount of games, I know with money and everything. People don't want to do that. That's the biggest reason these TV contracts yeah. and stuff. People need the money and they need to showcase the games. But I don't think you need 162. I think you could do 130 games and still get the same yeah. message across. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. The The whole NFL, I forgot they were doing the expanding of that. Wow. It, isn't it crazy how much we've – I don't know about you if this has been an issue for you, but, like, remembering what the storylines were with, like, baseball and outside of just labor disputes and the fact that we were at play, like, it's like – Oh yeah, the Diamondbacks. Oh yeah, Zach Gallon is like a sleeper potentially. And I, with me, it's like, oh yeah, Taylor Trammell. I get excited about these guys. Like, it's kind of funny to have to like regroup yourself and remember what we used to be talking about before the season was, you know, and before the world ended. Yeah, because in a perfect world, we would have seen like the revenge tour against the Astros. We would have had a, uh, yeah. like a counter on to see how many times they get hit by pitches in the game. It would have been <laughs> we would have just been talking about Astros and we would have been talking about them getting beamed every game. But now. You know, we're in a pandemic. You know, people are a little bit nicer, more generous. They probably don't have that same vial that they had, you know, to start the season. A lot mm-hmm. of that's probably worn off with, you know, being four months inside. How much more can you still be mad about that? I mean, they're still probably angry, but I doubt they're going to take it out on them the same way as they would have if it was still fresh in their heads uh, like it was a few months ago. 
Hey everybody, just a quick second, I have to take a break to talk to you about the homies at rockauto.com because I was making a car sound there, if you couldn't tell. Um, you know, I, I talked about before, I cherish the great Vin Diesel in the Fast and Furious franchise, and my hero, Dominic Toretto. Those movies showed me, I it, they started to make me begin to understand what it means to understand cars, if that makes any sense. And while those movies are absolutely totally ridiculous, I can assume, I actually, I don't even have to assume, I know that Mr. Dominic Toretto would love the website of rockauto.com. Rockauto.com, it's a family business. What are those movies about? They're about family, ladies and gentlemen. They serve auto parts customers. They've been serving them in, in all types of ways for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or daily driver, whether it's for your Toretto's or for your Javier Reyes's who don't know anything about cars. That's right, they got everything you need in just a few easy clicks, delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, which is obviously super helpful, and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professional professionals like Mr. Dominic Toretto and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts, guys? It doesn't make sense now, does it? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Make sure to do that for show. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Vroom, vroom. But let me ask you this, Javi. Uh, you mentioned Chris Paddock earlier, and he said it's going to be yes, a, a cowboy showdown on Friday between him <laughs> and Mass and Bumgarner. So who do you think is coming out victorious on opening day, Chris Paddock um, or Bumgarner? So I think it, this is going to be so interesting. Like, what is the crowd going to look like? Oh, wait, yeah, there is no crowd. That's the whole thing. Like, I don't <laughs> – I think, you know, conventional wisdom suggests that, you know, age and wisdom comes with wisdom or – or wisdom comes with age. There we go. That's the correct saying. And that just the the veteran experience of him might be there. But I really like all of the little look. I don't like <laughs> reading. It's all these things and the oh, they're the best shape of their career. Those like kind of little yeah. like fluff pieces and whatnot that come out. But I'm not gonna lie. Some of the paddock things that I've brought this up a lot. Like where he's like he got a lion tattoo, <laughs> and he's like I feel this. <laughs> like he's like I feel this energy. Like it was a great piece in the in the San Diego Tribune that I read a while ago, and just some of the quotes from that. <laughs> I think he might be a little bit of a gamer. I like the energy of the Padres. And I know that baseball is a sport where you bring up stats a lot. And all right, whatever. But I like that he's been experimenting with a curveball. It's looked good by all accounts and all the reports that I've been reading that it's might be adding that kind of next pitch to his repertoire, which is great. Bumgarner, I mean, let me see here. He wasn't hurt last year, right? No, I'm pretty sure he played. I'm pretty sure he was okay. like around 200 innings pitch and like 30 starts. But it was arguably the worst season of his career. Yeah, but he's still, I mean, he's 30, which isn't old, old. I mean, it's not impossible that Bumgarner is still good. I mean, come on. Like, he's still, he's still cracked, like, 200 strikeouts. Like, he's still a, a, a good pitcher. I, I don't want to give up on the guy. It's, it's similar, in a sense, to Kershaw, where everyone's kind of acting like Kershaw's washed now. Yeah. And it's like, no, he's just at that, I don't know. He's at that kind of Second Cliff stage. Lee before he <laughs> fell off level. You know, it's... It's, I can't give a, give a good comp right off the top of my head, but they're treating him like he's Sabathia 
mm-hmm. his final like two years. You know what I mean? Where he was only able to go to five innings or four innings, right? And he could never strike anybody out. No, like Kershaw is still really, really good. And I think that Bumgarner could be a secret get for them. And especially if it's not too long of a season. So in terms of the long term, I think that Bumgarner could actually be quite good for the whole season, just in the sense that 60 games, maybe not worrying about him being older and have to worry about his innings and stuff like that, that could you know benefit them. But I think the same thing goes for Paddock. Because Paddock was probably uh, one of the storylines was, is there going to be innings limit on him? So with only 60 games, I think this guy's ready to just go all out. And I don't think the Diamondbacks lineup is necessarily one that's going to hit super well against him. I don't know. It's, it's a great story. I like this kind of new age versus old age. And I use that in quotes because it's not like, like again, not Bumgarner's not like 87 years old, right? Uh, but I don't know. I don't know what I'm feeling. I think that the Diamondbacks lineup is a little bit scarier just because they had all these guys who just went crazy last year. <laughs> and they add Starling Marte, who's – I can't tell if he's underrated or properly rated. I, I don't really know what that guy <laughs> Um And then Cattell and, and Escobar and what's this? Christian Walker, who I drafted on my fantasy <laughs> team. I know I keep bringing that up, but I'm hoping he does well. How do you think Christian Walker is going to be? Because I feel like there's been a lot of – weird numbers on him but he's increased everything like he's gotten better like there's been signs about him that he's not just going to be the strikeout artist I guess yeah because with Christian Walker his deal was he kind of I guess reinvented himself after the Orioles Mm -hmm. he went and saw some like hitting coaches and he kind of went the JD Martinez route just worked on like launch angle and things of that just basically what new baseball analytics tell you and he really took major strides last year his batting average was still kind of average but he got on base about 350 he had close to 30 home runs, so he's still a solid player. I don't think he's going to be like a MLB all-star next year, but what he gives you as a first baseman is solid. Give you around 80 RBIs, batch around 260, around 25-plus home runs. So if you're expecting, you know, near all-star level numbers, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, draft him in the oh. first or second round, but if you need a late-round seal, if you need a, a first baseman that could give you solid value, I think Christian Walker is going to fit right in that mode. I in that mold and I think for the D-backs he's the perfect player and the perfect complement you know in that five six hole in that lineup he has mm-hmm. the pop he, he can uh, give you some middle of the lineup production in terms of some power he can hit for a, a decent average he could get on base for a decent average but he's not gonna wow anybody it's just a solid everyday first baseman especially for the contract he's on because he's really a guy that just got picked up out of nowhere and has kind of blossomed under the Tori Lavello and the D-backs franchise. I mean, hey, D-backs, is a, they're a fun team, man. I mean, they're not – I think that their pitching is weird. I think that the Bumgarner is the highlight, but I think they have some other guys on that team. Um, in general, though, I want to ask you this, – this is a very important question, right? Um, what wh- – is Archie Bradley like – I don't get this guy, right? He's – I think he's, he's like this former starting pitcher. Now he's a closer – are we sure he's ready to be like a legit closer? Is he going to be that? Like, are the numbers legit? Do you think the hype on him, not hype on him, I should say, but you think the, the like recent turnaround of him is legit or are you worried about his prospects in the bullpen? I'm worried about Archie Bradley. I'm not last year. If you look at his splits from the first half to second half, he was really mm-hmm. poor in the first half. He really struggled with guys on base, he really struggled uh, striking out guys. He just gave up a lot of runs with runners in scoring position. But he was only – he was like the seventh or – he was like the setup man uh, in the first half. And then he actually got moved to the closer where Greg Holland 
struggling mm-hmm. last year. Tori Lavello moved him to the closer, and Archie Bradley actually took off as the closer. He actually went on like a little scoreless streak, I think. He actually picked it up a lot in that second half. And so he, he's been tabbed the closer for 2020. And it makes me a little worried. Uh, I look at his 2017 season where he had a 173 ERA. Right now, that looks more like the outlier. His first couple of years in baseball, his ERA was above mm-hmm. five. The last two years, it was in the mid three. So that <laughs> yeah, 173. So weird. Yeah, so it really <laughs> looks like that 173 is like the outlier. Hey, Archie Bradley is kind of like the, the closer or the bullpen version of Robbie Ray. Both of them peaked in 2017. Mm-hmm. Both of them have kind of been moving backwards since then. But what, what they're good at, which is their strikeouts, they're still dominant in that area just in terms of walking people and giving up earned runs. They've been a little bit more poor in those areas. But Archie Bradley, I do think as the closer for this year, I, think, I do think he'll be solid. I do think he'll probably be right around where he's been the last two years with near Ray, probably in the low threes. But he is going to be a possible free agent after the end of this season. So maybe, you know, he, he takes it up another level with that contract on the horizon. But honestly, the guy I think you have to be looking out for as the possible closer for the D-backs is Kevin Ginkle. He's the guy I've been yeah. talking about. He's a he's a young guy. He throws in the him, yeah. 90s. Yeah, he, he's pretty I, – I think he's going to be the guy that could maybe not be the closer this year, but I definitely think he could be the closer of the future for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So – and now that's interesting. So in terms of the future, another question I have for you is, one, was Robbie Ray potentially like a trade person for this season or was he not just because – because I'm pretty sure he's a free agent after this year. And two – do you think that it's basically, given everything that's going on, like if he started off not so great or vice versa or whatever and say he's great but then the Diamondbacks aren't, right? Let's say that worst case scenario, they're 5-20, and 20, but then Robbie Ray's like the Cy Young candidate, right? Do you think that given everything that's happened that it might be in, unfeasible for a player to be traded like in MLB's current like landscape right now? No, I could definitely – I mean, I think it's a little bit tougher because of the 60-game seasons, but mm-hmm. let's just take that out of it. I do think no matter what the D-backs did, Robbie, Robbie Ray was going to be uh, probably their best trade candidate. Whether the mm-hmm. D-backs started off hot or started off cold, whether Robbie Ray started off hot or started off cold, I think he was going to be a big trade candidate. If he started off the gates hot, then he could be a trade candidate. Maybe add some more depth in you know, the infield. Maybe you go get another outfielder. Maybe add to the bullpen. You, you could trade him to a team like the Yankees who might need some starting pitching depth. Or if mm-hmm. he, you know, struggles, then you say, you know what, Robbie Ray, he just had that 2017 year. That seems like the outlier. I'm tired of giving him chances. Let's just move on. So either mm-hmm. way, whether he pitches good or pitches well, I do think he'll be the number one trade candidate for the D-backs this season. But you never know. I think he's more likely to stay if he pitches well than pitches poorly, of course. And as a guy who could be a free agent as early as 2021, it's in his best interest to pitch well. He's coming into the season from the videos and the clips I've seen during spring training so far. Looks like he's got a little bit of a new delivery. He's got a little bit of a new cut. Seems just like a – I mean haircut when I say that. It just seems like he has a different (laughs) aura around him, just like a Chris Paddock. And maybe he's embracing that lion mentality too. So hopefully he comes (laughs) out here, he starts firing, he could get back to that 2017 form. Because right now he's slated to be the number two starter. And I think that's a big uh, question mark in the D-backs rotation, that number two spot. It would be great. See, that's the thing in general is free agents – in all of baseball right now, like guys, especially guys. So for example, uh, guys that I don't think it really matters what they do this year, as long as they're not like they, you know, God forbid they suffer like a bad injury 
in terms of like, like say Mookie Betts, right? Regardless mm-hmm. of what happens, only idiots are going to decide that if he has a eh, season this year, that not to give him like a big contract, right? That's only fools would do that. It's like when, when Pablo Sandoval did great in the World Series. I love using this example all the time. And that for some reason justified giving him a major contract. It's like, no, actually don't do that ever. But, you know, there are some guys, the fringe guys, like Robbie Ray, I think, where if Robbie Ray did great, what if the D-backs, like, I don't think they should do this. That's what's so interesting. Like, what do you do if a guy has such a great season, but it's only 60 games? You know what I'm saying? So what? how do you measure kind of their their free agent value in stock? And I don't know. I just feel like you're, we're all set up for, like, a really interesting, like, winter meetings, assuming we complete the full 60 games of where it's like, hey, Robbie Ray had a great season, but then they're like, oh, it was only 60. You know what I mean? So that's only, like, I don't know, what is that, like, seven, eight starts? around that range if you also assuming they get the playoff starts too right like i'm wondering you know from that perspective and also just in general where the will there be any trades in baseball this year in general i'm just talking about like the the morality of it like are guys gonna want to start traveling to different places and picking up their bags and leaving town like i'm just wondering about that perspective of it oh yeah that's definitely a great uh, question to ask I mean, the players are not going to want to leave, especially during this, you mm-hmm. know, uncertainty. They're not going to just want to have to go across country. But, no, not everyone views the pandemic the same way. People have different perspectives. And it's still mm-hmm. a business at the end of the day. So if GM can see a move out there that's going to make his team better, even in a pandemic, he's going to shit that player out of there to get a player, mm-hmm. a better player in, I think. But just from the D-backs perspective, even if Robbie Ray goes out there and wins a Cy Young this year, I don't think that's going to make them more inclined to hand him a, a fat contract. The D-backs mm-hmm. right now have been a team where, you know, I look at it, it seems like Zach Greinke is the only guy in the last couple of decades that have been given a big contract. Not even Goldschmidt, you know, they, they traded him. Most, uh, mm-hmm. most of these guys, Madison Bumgarner is the highest paid player on the team, and he's only on a five-year, $85 million deal. So most of these D-backs players don't get big contracts. Nick Ahmed mm-hmm. got a contract extension. It was only for like a few million a year. So most of these D-backs players don't get big time contracts. I just think that's their philosophy. They don't like to commit long-term money. But Robbie Ray goes out there and wins a Cy Young. I do think another team might give him a chance, even though it's only 60 games. I don't even know how they're going to do the awards, if they're even still going to hold them. Are we still going to have Cy Youngs? Are we still going to have MVP awards? I'm not entirely sure, but... And guys, I hate to cut it off. I hate to do it, but it's a long discussion that we ended up having. That's right. There's going to be a part two of our podcast. And part two, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it's a good one, too. We get into a a special discussion about a very special player and just kind of baseball, a very nice, fun baseball talk in general, as well as some more Padres Diamondbacks talk. But before I let you guys go, I want to talk to you about CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or a schmuck like myself who spends eight hours a day on his bed writing articles or recording podcasts. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. I definitely know that with people I'm close to that they need the support. You need to be healthy. It's not easy, and it's okay to ask for help. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo to provide such help for you that allows you to relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets so hectic as it is right now. Number one, that is CBD Freeze with Menthol, which is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. There's also CBD Recover, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Hopefully I am. A-R-N-I-C-A and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier. That's what's so great. These products, they make your life easier. But guess what? There's a deal to make it even easier to make 
to get the things that make your life even easier. That is awesome. It's an it's easier inception going on right here. That's right, guys. This amazing duo of topicals and everything else that CBDMD has to offer. They're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. So once again, you should do that, guys. That's CBDMD.com and using promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Go check that out. And with all that being said, guys, that about does it. For today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and follow us wherever you get your podcasts from and as well as follow us on Twitter and whatnot. You know already what to do. I must say, it's uh, it's awesome that we're at opening day and I'm going to be watching the game and maybe doing some live tweeting from the show account. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be just a blast. I really can't wait. Uh, I'm going to kick back for sure and just... Just enjoy baseball. And I hope you all are staying safe and whatnot. And even more importantly, I hope that you are staying faithful, my Friar Faithful homies. Take care. I'll see you next time. Happy opening day.